Hey, what's up? This is Tony Todd, a.k.a. The Candyman, and you're listening to, and you better enjoy it, Nightmare Junkhead. So stay tuned, get a grip on yourselves, get a grip on your inner geek, and pay attention, or you will be schooled. Nightmare Junkhead. of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that appreciates the subtle difference between call me today and call me daddy my name is greg d (laughs) i'm genius mcgee (laughs) and on today's episode our three ring shenanigans continue as we get solemn and serious and talk 2016's clown I'll get back to that. And whether or not you enjoy finger food, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your ball pit of doom hole. <laughs> and uh, if you're out on social media, uh, you can dive into the deep end on of us. Uh, we are on a Twitter at Nightmare Junk, on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and unexpected shenanigans. (laughs) And as this episode is releasing on Friday, January 21st, all you have to do is go to screenland.com where they have your planned out and expected shenanigans taken care of indoors and virtually (laughs) very good. And I got to stop snorting. I I got a lot of because not a lot of levity in today's film that we're going to talk about, but our latest Friday Night Fright that is going to be happening on the 21st is a sequel, and if you haven't seen the original, you're okay. You can go into it, Uh, but it has some of the most insane stunt work that you will probably see in a horror film. Yeah. And uh, also ends with a rap. We are going to be taking in Bill Lustig's Maniac Cop Dose. <laughs> Robert Zadal and all of his glory just, just Rest- Matt Cordell fucking shit up. And probably one of the better police siege sequences yes. that I've seen in quite some time. I cannot wait to see that with the crowd because I remember many moons ago you hosted a screening of that. And gave away at, the Mondo uh, LP. Yeah, at the Draft House back in the day. Because I think I showed up like right afterwards for some reason or another. And there was only like a handful of people there. Mm-hmm. So please, if you want to experience one of the great horror sequels, see one of the kind of underrated horror icons yeah, in Matt Cordell. Mm-hmm. Come on out for Maniac Cop 2. But... I'm not saying we've saved the best Friday Night Fright for the last week of January. No, but we, not even on brand (laughs) Friday Night Fright for the last January. Just like, you know, what better way to start the new year than with sticky floors? Yes, and I'm going to put it out there to any of our listeners, especially for the Kansas City area. We need... A beaded curtain. Yes. You can find us a beaded curtain. That way when we put, we only, not all the time. Nope. nope. Only on certain movies. Like, okay, we're going to get sleazy. Let's put down the beaded curtain. We're going to 42nd Street. Like last year when we screened pieces. We needed to put the beaded curtain. How wonderful. Coming into theater one, if you had to go through, it's like, what the hell is this? Right, right, right. So if anybody has an old vintage one they're not using, one like their grandma's basement that looks cool, <laughs> you know, just anything, just like we need a beaded curtain. Oh, man. I've if, had... if, if not just for your sake, so you know what you're getting into. And you will be getting into a, a film that is celebrating its 40th year of terror. So mm-hmm. hey, maybe we'll talk about it here in a couple months, genius. Possibly. Uh, 1982's Basket Case. Yes. <laughs> Little Dwayne and Belial. Uh, and then... Should be noted at this point, we're going to get into the uh, repertory screenings and how Screenland's doing this really cool best of mm-hmm. 2021. Mm-hmm. So I want to show how we're going to, I'm going to show how that 
connective tissue, yes, pun intended, to next Friday Night Frights. Uh, but the repertory screenings that are going to be going on the weekend of the 21st, a movie that is essential to our friendship, yeah, that's essential to the nerds of nostalgia mm-hmm. because it was part of our outro yes, it that was. we did every time. Uh-huh. And to be honest, the last time I saw it on the big screen was at Tapcade as part of Monday Mystery Movie Night. And if I remember right, on brand for us at least, we had mic issues. <laughs> yeah. So I think if I remember right, we recorded the episode via phone and we're just speaking loudly. Okay, how'd you guys like the movie? Woo! All right. Needless to say, we are friends through eternity. Mm-hmm. Everything. Miami Connection on the big screen. You're going to want to come out for oh that. Oh, my God. It's going to be great. And to see the anti-Greg, that character. <laughs> Bizarro Greg. Oh, it is so good. And the music. And then we just need like to show the double feature with Heart Ticket to Hawaii to see the Bizarro Genius. That's the double feature I need to see now. Oh, my. Adam, Screenland, make it happen. Now, for any of you that are not into ninjas, new wave music, and... Um, new wave. <laughs> may we offer up a little fantasy, sword and sandals, and clear the, the day for this one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Prepare yourself to walk a lot as they're going to be doing the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm-hmm. Fellowship of the Ring, The Two Towers, and Return of the King. Clear at least nine hours of your schedule. <laughs> yes. I don't... What is it? The Enhanced Edition? Because if that's like take 12 hours. I was going to say that's... Yeah, that's easily 12 hours. I'm pretty sure it's the theatrical editions at this point. But I know they do have some cool Q&As, chit-chats that's going on in between the films or nice. before and after. Uh, as they do there. Now, I mentioned before, uh, Screenland is putting together for a couple of weeks their best of 2021. Uh, the films that really made an impact uh, during their theatrical screenings here. And it should be noted on the 28th, we're going to be doing a double feature that is part of this best of. Uh, the double feature is one of the best of 2021. Oh, absolutely. Our, Our best of. Number one film go to a couple of episodes ago, but the double feature is going to be Malignant and Basket Case. <laughs> yes. And if you're like, those movies don't have anything to do, or I wonder why those movies are back to back. Come on out. Yeah, you'll see why they're literally back to back. I see what you did there. <laughs> now, on the weekend of the 21st, though, and what's great is I've seen three of the four that are going to be screening. And the one I really, really hope you get to see, because this one deserves to be seen with an audience, because you're going in expecting one thing, especially when it comes to Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Especially when it comes to some of his recent output. It's not the Cage you're expecting. Uh, Please, if you can, check out the screening of Pig. Contemplative Cage? Oh, Sage Cage. It's so good. Although, be warned. It does have the sun from Hereditary in it. Man, fuck that, dude. Man, seriously. Every time... He ruins every single fucking thing I see in him. Every time I see him in a trailer. I'm like... Like when he shows up in Old, I was like, man, I ain't gonna see that movie now. Fuck. I'm glad I gave you at least this warning so if he would have shown up like a quarter of the way and you're this... Man, fuck. Because I would have audibly like, man... Yeah, I'm going to get some popcorn. <laughs> so if you can, check out Pig now. One of the other ones. Thank you for that trigger warning, though. Because if I can see it, at least I know I did that, that f- at some point in time he's going to come and ruin my day. You're prepared. Right? He's like he's like Sarah McLaughlin in, front, in, like, the, in like, psh, live you, action. You do have this Pavlovian response now. And I, I, I don't know if we call it the Ari Aster effect at this point. I guess so or something. But it's like, ugh. You know, just... <laughs> but see, I'm not that way with, like, Tony Collette. No, that's true. I'm not that's that true. way with... And if I go, uh, like, you don't freak out or Right, anything. I'm not that way with Florence Pugh. You know, I'm not that way, like, all of it. But I am... No, he like, did. There was something... It was really funny. And I remember specifically when we were reviewing that. We did an episode on that way back in the day. I kind of defended his performance. I actually found him empathetic. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him. Dude, he was awful. He was rubbish. Seriously. Oh. He just stand there and just like a 
wouldn't. Uh, I can go on for a while. I, didn't, <laughs> See, I did it for it your sake and the sake of the yeah. audience in the theater. Right? <laughs> I really probably would have been like, now, fuck. Now, just got up and left. One I would like to watch with you and one that was a very nice surprise for me was Zola. Really? Yes. I read those tweets. Did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I was like, okay, I, let's see what all the hubbub is about. I knew nothing of the tweets, and I went in very skeptical because I, I was afraid it was going to be one of those movies that made me feel old. Right. Fortunately, it didn't um, because of the people that are performing in there, the tall kid from Red State that had the um, the rat tail, mm-hmm. he's one of the characters in it. No way. Yeah, and okay. I was like, I know that all guy, right. but everyone in it is really good. But they just keep like making these decisions that keep like snowballing and getting worse, and it plays great cinematically because it get, makes you anxious. But it would also, I'd be like, ah, stupid teens. Possibly, possibly. Get I, off my lawn. I thought I might have that experience, but I didn't. Okay. So if you can check that one out now, the last two, these are those two were the Pig and Zola are smaller films. The last two that are coming back, I saw one of them, uh, Dune. Yeah. No interest. And I got no stake in the game. Sure. Last time I saw the Dune last time I saw Dune was in the theater and it was back in the day. Okay. And I remember falling asleep and the only thing I really remember from Dune was that fat dude spurting around in the air and like stinging his undies. Stinging of skivvies. That yeah. is all I remember. And so With I, his stivvies. <laughs> in his fields of glory. But um so I have no stake in the game, and I'm like, woo! I, I know a bunch of people are. I mean, good on them, but I was like, okay, cool. And, like, I don't even know Timothy Chalamet. I couldn't point him out in a lineup. You know what I'm saying? He's kind of the flavor right he now. He is, and I feel bad. I don't know if that's another get-off-my-lawn thing, but if you're like, hey, which one of these is Shim- Tim- Timothy Chalamet? And Zendaya's in it? Like, no, that's Andrew Garfield. Okay, then which one's Timothy Chalamet? Is it that dude? Like, no, that's that dude from, like, that 13 Reasons Why. Sure, okay. Is it the, that dude? No, that's Nicholas Holt. Damn it. Which one is Timothy Chalamet? Is it that dude? No, that's that dude from One Direction. Fuck! <laughs> Timothy Chalamet actually wears that kind of pencil-thin mustache very like he's well. John Waters? I think he's got a career somewhere, at least he's a good future. He's supposed to be some sort of new Willy Wonka coming out. They're going to make a Willy Wonka Origins. I'm like, man, fuck. Leave it alone. Yeah. I know it doesn't get yeah. rid of the Willy Wonka that I love, but no. at the same time, it's like, do we need the origin story of it already? I, I thought again? we got that in that Tim Burton right. one. This one's going to be like a musical with Timothy Chalamet. I'm like, man, uh, uh, he's as bad as the kid from Hereditary. <laughs> Boy, these are not no. best ofs for you, are they? No, I this don't is the worst of at this point. No, I, I, like I said, I don't know if he, if it is or isn't, but because I, I don't know who the fuck he is. Well, I, I saw it on the big screen, and I have no just interest in the game. I know of the David Lynch film, this and that. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I was actually ready to go into the next film, so I'm looking forward to the sequel. But the one that they're also bringing back that I haven't seen, Dustin's seen it, but Ridley Scott's. The Last Duel. He fucking loves that movie. Yes, he, he does. Loves that movie. Yes, he does. He's been all over us going. He, you you got to see, see that movie, duel? dude. He's fucking what, texting me as he's watching. Goes, Man, this movie's good as shit. And I'm like, yeah. And right goes, now, if he's listening, this is going. Goddamn right, I did, you guys. You better fucking have seen it by now. I probably haven't seen it by then. By we're listening. You know, I, I guarantee you, he's going to be the guy that is going to be in the in the theater for you know seeing it again on the big screen there. So. <laughs> appreciate that there but yeah no i'm really looking forward then to next week they are bringing back a number of other best of films Mm -hmm. so of course that's if you're here in the local area now if you are living afar and you think you know sounds cool i'd like to support screenland even though i can't be there you can do that Uh, we've got a couple of ways in fact first of course you can go to screenlandonline.com where they have a number of films that you can rent or you can become a member of their film family by going to patreon.com slash screenland where of all the tiers they have, and they've got some good tiers in there, uh, we actually contribute a little movie party that we mm-hmm. call the Shutter Shoutout. And our latest one is going to be on Saturday, January 29th. And we figured out what we're going to do. It was TBA. Yes. And now, now the- and we're going to class up the joint. 
We're going to spend an evening with the master of terror. An evening with Vincent Price. Ah, yes. Uh, Come for Greg's bad Vincent Price impression. (laughs) Stay for geniuses. Probably mediocre at best. (laughs) But I'm really looking forward to this because the two films that we're going to be watching that are streaming on Shudder... They're first times for me. Two first-timers for me as well. And I'm not sure the the order at this point because I know one is more heinous and one's probably a little bit more family-friendly. So... Mm -hmm. We should probably go family-friendly first. Yeah, I'd probably do family-friendly So that first. means the first time viewing for both Genius and myself will be the anthology film called Monster Club. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even... I've seen that my way through that. Me neither. All I know, it's an anthology with Vincent Price, and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm down with that. And then we're going to be closing with one that I know is pretty brutal, The Witchfinder General. Uh-huh. Where I heard like it looks like a metal cover the entire movie, and again, it's I've I've, I've heard it's very brutal. Yeah. that's all I know. It's pretty brutal. Now, of course, those films are both streaming on Shutter. So, if hopefully at this point you all have subscribed, uh, of course, Genius and myself have, of course. But by joining Screenland's film family, you're gonna have access to content that Genius and I put together, including customized pre-show. Uh, introduction of the films by Genius and myself, mm-hmm. customized trailer reel for each film, and of course, the scintillating post-film discussions where we have to process what we watch and kind yeah. of talk it out yeah. and give our best Vincent Price impressions, yes. I can't wait for this one. It's going to be fun, especially I'm, two ones I haven't seen. That's more, more exciting. I'm looking forward to that. So head on over to patreon.com slash screenland for the, all of that and so much more, but Genius... If I'm talking film, family, and Patreon, hey, bellies. we, of course, have our own little weird film family at Patreon, and I'd like to give an official thank you and shout out to film family members Chad, Bobby, and Dustin, as they came out for our very first Friday Night Fright. Fucking John Carpenter's Vampires. We hope we gave you, we hope we gave you a little mahogany. Ah, see what you did there, Padre? <laughs> Little tidbits that you gave beforehand kind of makes the movie work a little bit better. Uh, but, you know, the gore fest that was provided by K&B. So thanks to everyone else that came out that night. But Genius, uh, we've got a new member of the film family. Oh, a new, new pally. A new pally. And if I say the name, let's see here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out a couple here. Like um, Larry Zerner. <laughs> Great dude, but fuck Shelly. It's fair. It's fair. Uh, let's see here. Linnea Quigley. Oh, <laughs> so the other day I was looking at lipstick, right? <laughs> I can't go walk through the lipstick aisle at Walmart without just kind of giggling like. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to put you on a special list at this point, but my final one here is John Derrick. Oh, yeah. What does anything uh, pop up with John Derrick? Without going to the Imdaba. Don't cheat. Ah, okay, good. And this is... We always talk about kind of the age differentiation between our listeners in terms of references that we can throw out. Mm -hmm. For me, John Derrick, I have a connection with that because I was always familiar with his name showing up with movies that I shouldn't have been watching at the time because they've involved a bare-ass naked Bo Derrick... And a lot of canon-produced films. Oh, yeah? Think like um, um, uh, Baudelaire. Oh, that was that. Um, that was like the almost X. You, I She's was, just showing up like Zorro and like Lady Godiva. I am half the time I'm watching the film. The other half I've got my head turned over looking to make sure my folks don't walk in. But John Peters directed a number of those films because... He was late in his life at that point and was married to her and people were kind of freaked out because it was this older man who was a Hollywood legend. He acted in a number of old Hollywood films, including The Ten Commandments. I think he played Joseph or Joshua, I think, if I remember right. Right. But when I think John Derrick, I think of these films that I should not be watching. So any kind of a podcast that's going to maybe actually look into the films of one John Derrick from the old Hollywood family-friendly films to the uh, saucy Skinamax <laughs> Greg's uh, youth films. If that sounds like something you're interested in, well, then uh, our latest pally 
has that and then some. Uh, Dennis Bryan has put together a podcast devoted to the films of one John Peters. Uh, if you go to John Derrick, John Peters, my God, different John Peters, John Derrick. If you go to johnderrickfilms.lipson.com, you're going to have access to the John Derrick Filmography and More podcast. Nice. Yes. And they are 12 episodes in and they've gone into some of the old Hollywood stuff as well into some of the more maybe not here. But The Boy Who Cried Werewolf from 1973 is one I am definitely going to be listening into. Oh, no. He made Ghost Can't Do It? Yes, he did. Oh, no shit. Okay, okay. Uh All right, all right. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, you had my curiosity. So at this point, Dennis, you know you've got someone waiting for that episode. (laughs) God help us. Maybe if you... uh, Now, when's the last time you watched Ghost Can't Do It, Genius? It probably would have been like... 92 like, and were you watching also over your <laughs> exactly it probably would have been later like because the name alone was titillating ghost can't do it and i remember thinking okay cool i like spooky movies at the time i and still i like movies oh yeah that are a bit more ribald in flavor so like okay cool let's go check out ghost can't uh, do it well it's great because um um He's basically saying when he was talking about this, uh, Dennis was going, he's like, um, I have my own podcast where I cover the films of John Derrick, as well as the films of his various paramours, Bo Derrick, Ursula Andress, and Linda Evans. So that is a particular itch that people need scratched, and he can definitely take care of that for you. Ursula Andress is gorgeous. Dude, Linda Evans back in the day. Oh, yeah. The, the Mitchell days. <laughs> it's <laughs> one of those. Again, so I, I love that there is a podcast for the John Derrick lovers out there. That's just, that's perfect. That is so perfect. So make sure to check that out. Now, asked actually him, I asked Dennis, like, what film are you looking forward to here in the year of 2022? And he mentioned... The one with the kid was from Hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> he mentioned there is a film from 2015 called Evolution, directed by, and I am going to kill this pronunciation, so my apologies to Lucille... Hada Halovich, but she has a new film called Earwig uh, that recently played Beyond Fest that apparently we need to keep our eyes out for. Hmm. So, yeah, for, for number one, introducing us to uh, now my new favorite podcast, and uh, number two, uh, you know, taking us to a new little horror film that's coming out. Dennis, thank you for being rad, man. You're fucking rad. <laughs> Goodness gracious, we've gone all over the place here, and we have not yet to start clowning around I officially. Know. And... It's interesting because uh, when I think of clown movies, uh-huh. when you proposed to me this month of clown movies, knowing my, not discomfort of clowns, but my kind of indifference of clowns, I just assumed most of the stuff we'd take in would be silly, would be... Low budget or certainly, certainly or yes. too tongue in cheek or goofy, you know, or just like not low common denominator, but it's easy as a dude to dress up like a dude in a clown and kill like people like a big lummoxy clown. Almost, or well, yeah, because everyone has a lot of people have access to um, clown costumes. They say shoot with what you have. That's why everyone starts with a zombie movie. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that people would transition from that to a clown movie because. It's easy to get a clown out, and right. every a lot of people are freaked out by them. You had pre, you have pre, we all have preconceived notions of clown movies, just like we have preconceived mo- notions of Eli Roth movies. And that's perfect segue because before we officially get into, came out in the UK in 2014 and in the US in 2016. Uh, but Eli Roth was one <laughs> of the major producers of the film. But before we talk about his contributions to that film, I kind of wanted to talk about Eli Roth in general because mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to say that he's a polarizing figure in horror, but I definitely think people have some strong opinions regarding his directorial work, the stuff that he's produced, the stuff that he hosts. The stuff that he's acted in. Yeah, because he's all over. I mean, he's yeah. he's an inglorious bastard. He's, mm-hmm. he's the bear he's Jew. He's the bear Jew, yeah. Uh, he's got a major part in that. Uh, he's in... Death Riders and the House of Vampires. <laughs> so he's been all over the place. And he's in his own films too. So Of course, of course. Well what are your thoughts on Eli Roth? Here's the thing. 
He's growing on me. Yeah. At first, when he first came out and he was making Hostile, and I saw Hostile 1 and 2 in the theater, and I was like, okay, cool. I dug them for what they were. Um, but I'm not going to be like, man, these are my fucking favorites. Same thing with Cabin Fever. I was like, ew, that's gross. But okay, it's odd to have a kid yelling pancakes and doing slow motion kung fu and the casual racism. Oh, yeah. And, and oh, I yeah. can't say it was the style of the times because it wasn't. So I was like, okay, this dude's kind of weird, but he makes his movies in his own way, you mm -hmm. know? And then he was kind of known for like splatter and gore in the hostel. And I was like, okay, I was kind of like indifferent. Sure. Kind of like sure. how you were to clowns. It's like, okay, he's just going to be splattery and whatever. Cause I seen cabin fever and I seen mm -hmm. everything at the same time. I'm not going to be like, yay, Eli Roth, but I'm not going to be like, ew, Eli Roth. Right. You're not going to go out of your way to avoid his work, but at the same time, I'm not going to go out of the way to seek it either. Yeah. Although seeing him as the bear Jew and watching him pop up and, and then again, when it's like Eli Roth's uh, history of horror, I was like, okay, the guy obviously knows his stuff because I really did like the Thanksgiving trailer. Oh, I like his old grindhouse aesthetic and what he's trying to go for, you know? Trying to go for might be the best thing, the way to put it, because I think Thanksgiving, at least my opinion, might be the best thing he's ever done. Yeah, abso uh, absolutely. But I also understand his foray into kids' horror and gateway horror, also uh, the clock in the, the walls. The clock in the walls. He's changing. And even you can almost see it in the, the history of horror, like – Season one. Season one, it was just oh. like, hi, I'm Eli Roth, and I bought these cool guests. I brought the ghost of George Romero, Greg Nicotero, over here, and I got zombie. And they're like, yeah, so we think, yeah, that sounds great. And But he's so, kind of backed off a bit. And you like, mentioned that because that's one of the things that upset me about that when I was watching it the first time is he kept talking over Greg Nicotero and Tom Savini and all these legends, and you could see they were getting ready to get into it. And listen – Thankfully, it's just usually you and me, and I know how to read you and wait for you. But that is one of my pet peeves mm -hmm. with a lot of podcasts in general is everyone trying to compete to be the funniest person or to get the best quip when sometimes we should just kick back and listen. So apparently right. he does get better with that. Yeah, because he's a man of great taste. Like he loves oh, his yeah. horror. He knows his horror. I think for better or for worse, because he is a very handsome fellow. I think that maybe rubs some horror fans the wrong way because, so. oh, wait, he gets to look like that and know all that shit. I remember them calling it frat horror. I heard that as well. And and I can see it in his earlier stuff. And that Yeah. But that's his earlier stuff. I like he's, the fact that like we're still seeing the stuff that he's kind of matured, even though he, his last like big thing that he directed what was a cannibal movie. Right. But at the same time. It harkened back to the old school. And that's no, what nobody's he, making old Italian cannibal movies like this in the 70s like they do anymore. And he worshipped at the altar of Italian films like that. Anything on the right. video nasty list, he was probably into. Yeah. So his and the fact that I know like Gigi was a huge fan. He was a huge influence on her. So the fact that his work has already influenced some of our favorite up and coming filmmakers mm -hmm. shows that he's got an important place in modern horror. And he's showing his growth and he's showing his It's nice to see he's too. changing and he's showing yeah. that he's he can, evolving. Yeah. And it's good to see it in real time, you know? Because I had a little bit of a brotastic feel right. for him when he first came out. Frat horror. Yeah. And and maybe it's part of that did turn me off a little from the from him. I appreciated him more than I liked him. Mm -hmm. But as you mentioned, he also has grown on me. He's much like a wine at this point. And I've really kind of come to appreciate what he's become, and especially all the stuff that he's producing yeah. at this point. But see, that's another thing. You can see his name on top of a lot of different things, and some of them are great, and some of them are not. And so it's just like, okay. Well, and it's, uh, and not it's, saying that it's not trustworthy, Eli Roth's name, but at the same time. Well, it's the same thing that Tarantino did there for right, a while. Exactly, with the Rolling Thunder pictures. And like some and, of them are great, and some of them are like, you're like okay, okay, Tarantino. But we I think, get it. But I Same think, thing, okay, Roth, we get it. Well, I think it's the idea, though, is lending his name to some of maybe these up-and-comers where his name could mean the difference of yeah. distribution, of more funding, potentially. And as you mentioned, there are going to be those ones that are just a little bit more tougher to get behind and but get through. But at the end of the day, especially if you don't like horror porn or whatever, I think he is an important figure in horror. I mean, I think when people start going down the line, I'm... I think it's kind of still early to call him a master of horror along the lines of like Craven, Romero, sure. Carpenter, all, 
even Argento. Yeah. But like maybe the new generation, I would definitely call him one of the newer masters of horror because people like going back to the whole Ari Aster bit. They're oh, yeah. wanting to call him a new master of horror. And I think that's too soon with anybody who's had less than like three or four movies and producing credits under their belt. I think Eli Roth has proven he can make blockbuster hits and independent movies. And his name does, like you said, lead some credence to any project he's doing. He draws so, a lot, a lot. He draws a lot of water and horror genius. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. So I think, yeah, absolutely. It would be fair to call him a new master of horror. Well, and like I said, my love of him really the Thanksgiving trailer from the Thanksgiving narration yes. to all the the nasty stuff that's going on in the background, the way it is cut, the sound editing, everything. It's perfect. And it's a perfect transition to go from a fake trailer that he made to a fake trailer that was sent to him by a couple of filmmakers and not even sent to him so much as they put together a trailer for a fake film called clown about a killer clown. But at the beginning of the trailer, they put as from the master of horror, Eli Roth, (laughs) without clearing it from Eli Roth, without giving any messages or communication to Eli Roth. They just figured, much like a fake trailer, you know, whatever you can do to give a Mm -hmm. little pizzazz. Right. Samuel Bronkowitz presents... And, it's and, depraved. <laughs> Appa- but apparently he creamed in his jeans uh, right? because he enjoyed it so much that he's like, you know what? I'll help produce your film here. You got moxie, kid. <laughs> and Now, I'm not saying that's the way you get a film made. But in this situation. And because it's again, it's a miracle that any film gets made. But the fake trailer was put together by filmmakers John Watts and Christopher uh, Ford. Excuse me. Okay. Good Lord. This is when, genius, you know it's bad when you can't trust your own handwriting with everything. It's Christopher. Hold on. Let me just go to. This is horrible. Oh, I, I still got my. I'm debunked. Ghosts can't do it. Let me <laughs> get... <laughs> yeah, I just need to go back to the original clown here. But needless to say, the throughout the entirety of these, when we were watching this film, it's uh, Christopher Ford. There we go. Um,. He let them put together, they co-wrote Clown, and John Watts directed it. And throughout the movie, we were just, number one, just so impressed with this movie, top to bottom in terms of production design, um, how serious it is, uh, the, the, the effects, all the cinematography, how beautiful it looked, that we kept going to the end of it going, well, well who shot this, and mm-hmm. who did this, and then... I don't know how long into the film it made me realize that John Watts has directed the last three Spider-Man films that have been breaking box office records that, you know, we recently finally watched them. We watched his films not too long ago, Not too long ago. We're fans of his films. We're huge fans of his films. We're like, this dude is awesome. But yeah, no, he went from clown to cop car to Spider-Man Homecoming to Far From Home and then to No Way Home. I, so he's only like one movie removed from clown. It's so wonderful. That is so wonderful that a lot of your blockbusters are still getting people that got their start in horror. And again, maybe it's because a lot of people have access to a clown costume. Right. But not everyone has access to the effects, special effects works of Tony Gardner. That was a nice surprise. Everything about this movie was surprising. Everything yeah. about well, this movie, because I've never seen this, and I love clown oh, killer clown movies, all it, different types. And it should be noted, this is the first time viewing for both you and myself. And I was like, okay, cool, I'm ready to see this clown movie, because like, I heard good things about it, and I don't know why that I didn't see it at, when it first came out. And I think maybe because, like... Was it the Eli Roth baggage? It might be. I was like, okay... I think this is not necessarily the time of the oversaturation of clowns because people can say we're still in that time right now. Sure. I am not one of those people. <laughs> Bring them on. <laughs> exactly. Bring Put them on. on. Exactly. Put as many in the car that you can fit. Just keep stacking them in. <clears throat> but I also like thinking like, okay, I've seen killer clowns with just like gore and torture. And like that's at that time, especially 2014, that is kind of Eli Roth's thing mm-hmm. so like all right cool i'll just check it out later and i never got around to it so i wasn't really expecting too much from this movie 
I was blown away how good it was, how it was not just some killer clown. This was almost, this isn't a werewolf movie. This was mm-hmm. a were clown movie, mm-hmm. but it's, it's done so seriously yet so funny. And there's like genuine moments of like some laughter and you have Peter Stomare. That's another okay, thing. It yeah. opens up. We're like, Oh shit, it's Peter Stomare. We both had our, my, what I call now my Mandy moment when that person pops up in the credits that you weren't aware of. But anytime now, do you say Peter Stormare? I'm trying to say both because I don't know which one it is. Sometimes I say Peter Stormare. Is it the Fessenden Fessenden? I of? think so. Oh no! Oh, so you are appeasing both sides, right? But it's that dude. It's that, and it's him. It's him. So anytime you've added Peter Stormare, Stormare, if you're nasty, and then Eli Roth into this, all of a sudden it's a peculiar kind of stew. And as you mentioned. All the silliness I expect, all the silliness I got from last week's stitches. Right. Out the window. No, this is dead fucking serious. There is so little levity in this film. I mean, there's a little bit. A little bit. But it's not the kind of levity I wanted or expected from in a clown film. It's played straight. Oh. It's played super straight. And it's all the better for it. Yeah. Because I think if you could make this film and take it into that kind of like a splatter Spensibility. I'm a wear clown. <laughs> and you would get almost maybe a trauma level kind of film. Right. But when you keep the body count low, you keep the transformation and the dread of this father. Slowly and gradual. Yes. And his demi- his derailment and the de- or the evolution of the clown. And all I knew about this film was that a guy turned into a clown? Mm-hmm. That's all I knew. If like I had to, I've seen that. That's that's Eli Roth's the guy turns into a clown. Yeah, I've seen that. Right. So to see how they turned that on its head, I genuinely enjoyed. Me too. Um, how it's more than just a costume. Um, I want to talk. You, there's really no way to spoil this, is there? No. It's basically a guy gets a clown costume and it. He turns into a wear clown. We'll say this. Much like last week, even though it was comical, there is a little bit of animal violence in this film. There is animal violence. But I think this one kind of gets a pass because, like in Stitches, it was played for laughs. This one's played serious, but... Yeah, but not in the... He's basically an evil dog by then. Sure, sure. Which gets into a number of things, and I've got a laundry list of ways to go into, so... Where do we start, genius? Do we start at the beginning with the party? Because <laughs> it turns out, I guess I lived a sheltered lifestyle because the party that we're introduced to that kicks off the film is a party all about clowns. And I'm not talking about like getting a clown there to entertain the kids. I'm talking a clown on the cake. I'm talking individualized clown cupcakes. I'm talking clown napkins, clown plates. The wrapping paper, I think, was clownish. Was that a thing? Clown? Yeah, I, I think I had a clown party. I can't remember. I'm sure I had a clown cake. And I know there was like, you know, clown accoutrements. But of course, that might have been a McDonald's birthday party. And well, so we already of course, talked about that. That's... Of course, there's kind of clowns already on there. I mean, technically. OK, so, yes, technically, I... I had a clown. I had a clown birthday party because I had a McDonald's. Yeah, but I'm talking clowns. But all full the on way, clown. Like everything. Maybe. Maybe I mean I know theme parties are a thing now, and I know where they were back then because I know I no. had a few. But and again, maybe again, my indifference to clowns possibly. Maybe that kid really dug dig clowns like I did. Maybe my mom put on a Masters of the Universe party one time, and it was way before we actually had access to where they had a lot of stuff for that. Did a local beefcake play come and play He Man? No, but she did cut out all of my old He Man little comics that came with the action figures, little people, so she could put on like the hats so everyone could be someone. And I thought that was so cool until I realized that she cut out my comics for it. I'm like, oh, oh no! <laughs> so I guess technically that's the same because there was a He Man cake. She did it. So yeah, I guess it's just. Does this explain though your veer, your 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 direction in life towards clownery and the yay and the sex a and how me it's like the nay? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. I mean, like I said, maybe it's more about the reason why I'm fat because it's probably the McDonald's clown cake. 
and like the clown decorations. It's well, not not so much as my fetishes as my fattishness. So, so that's where the, that's going. But well, needless <laughs> to say, we start with a clown themed no, party. We, we we start with call me daddy. Okay. I'm glad you caught that. I'm glad I threw that in the beginning because I was like, what kind of realtor and real estate me company <laughs> is throwing that out as their slogan? Because Call in, me daddy. In, in American Beauty, his whole uh, his whole thing is like the king, and it's like, you know, uh, the king of real estate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> eventually when she's getting railed, she's like, king me, you're king, king me. You're the king, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, are they <laughs> playing like a take on that potentially? But no, as you mentioned, when we had our little moment, it's not call me daddy. It's, it's call me today. It's just today. the weird font look like to call me daddy. Hey, I'm your real estate agent. Call me daddy. <laughs> and we can't even blame the fact like that this was like from the 1970s or anything at this point. This is contemporary, so this is not another time. Another place. Not at all. This is just our goof. This is just, but we both, because he's like, is that call me daddy? I was like, I thought the exact same fucking thing, but it's called me today. And so, <laughs> so that started us off on a horrible direction going, what? And again, what kind of baggage are we bringing in right? at this point? And then we started out, okay, yeah. And so then we started, hey, the clown canceled. And again, who fucking double books a clown? But then, hey, I'm going to, I'm in a abandoned fucking house that i'm selling this dude who just died under mysterious circumstances i'm gonna ruffle through his stuff and i found a leather clown costume in already in what could be a cursed freaking like chest chest right that you just happen to stumble upon with ominous music that's bad news that's bad news bears but again it's played straight where it was like okay that's a little bit ominous and from the get-go, you yourself would never put yourself in that situation. And, you know better. And also probably wouldn't fit. Because, like, <laughs> not a lot of things I can stumble upon at the thrift store will fit my size. I don't want to go out. I can't Winnie the Pooh, the ancient demonic clown costume. Your, your kid porky piggin. <laughs> your kid clown curse to save you from the adult clown curse. Right. <laughs> but he's 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 in a desperate situation. You know, he's one of the pleasing his kid. And lo and behold, he does find it. And from the get-go, we were like, why Why would you put it on? It's so dirty. You can't think about, like, the insects that might be in there. And it's a leather suit. It's a gimp suit. It's a gimp clown suit. Oh, why would a, you? That's a whole other thing. That's the sexy clown. But, like, why would you put on the leather? Because it was fucking hot. It looked like it, it wasn't like a, a cloth, like, satin. No, it does not breathe. Shit. It does no, not breathe. It's a fucking leather clown suit with frills on it. it why? Why? To please your kid, genius. Fucking, there's a whole bunch of other shit on there. Make some goofy up stuff. Not like, he I'm going to put on a leather like, gimp, leather gimp suit. Well, we, we actually, we got several instances of possibly where the start of the hobo clowns came from in this film. Well, first it was almost like sexy clowns, because like, the, when he comes home, it's like the wife was like, hey, 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 And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, everybody loves a clown, so why don't you do, 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 right? But then it's like, I can't get this shit off, and I'm like, oh, you know, fucked up now. And... Because you can't get leather off. We'd, cursed or not. Cursed or not. If you find some old ass leather and you don't like prepare and you put on a leather bodysuit, I'm not I'm not one that's very versed in like gimp handling and maintenance. So I don't know how the suit goes. Do you all they needed to kill this thing was baby powder. Exactly. Some talc. Talcum? Yeah. It'd be talcum fine. powder, they'd be fine. Fucking it's a circus of sawdust. Throw something on there. Just so you don't get that chafing going on. You don't want to be making crotch cookies at the and clown college. The production design, the costume design in this film is awesome because as we come to find out, this is not necessarily a killer clown film. No. We got really cool like egg mythology last week. And we continue with mythology. In fact, we go Nordic we in go this Nord case. All the good curses are Nordic curses. Have you noticed that? All the terrible, wonderful shit. Fucking death by Vikings. Fucking like oh. the only only other people who have their like their curses on lock are the Romanians. The Romanians, the, those old school curses. It's that's something because it's so cold, genius. I mean, when you're just huddled around a fire, the only thing you can think are negative thoughts mm -hmm. and trying to get yourself through there. And this one is wonderful because, and we mentioned it before that Peter Stormare is in this film. And when Peter Stormare exists in your movie, 
to give exposition. In fact, we called this what is a storm position, storm, storm air position. Yes, and we come to find out it's delightful that is what it is. Clowns did not start as these lovely, laughable little things. Genius. Mm-hmm. No, in fact, this is like a, a child eating demon who That's must the, be eat five children to go back to slumber. It's a, originally called a cloin, mm-hmm. which is brilliant. And we also get a Necronomicon esque like. Uh, clown syllabus, this like Bible of clowns that tells us all the ins and the outs and the like the the uh, the illustrations that are going on. But the are, fact that he can't, it's kind of it, terrifying well, it's that, that he can't get it off. He can't when he's first trying to like, okay, one, how did he get it on in the first place? But second of all, he, the fact that he can't get it off is terrifying. If I couldn't get something off and it's stuck on there and the hair is like turning into real my real hair. Well, they, they say a good suit sometimes fits like a second skin. But what if it is literally mm-hmm. skin? And in this case, we find out that it is not a costume. Would you clown with me? I'd clown with me. I'd clown with me so hard. It is the skin of the cloin and mm-hmm. the hair of the cloin and it basically slowly turns you into a clone. You're a wear clown. And then when he was trying to like any part of it can become make the curse. When he takes the nose off and it rips oh. his own. That that ho- that's one thing. This is an Eli Roth movie, so you're thinking, okay, there's a lot of gore in this, but it's very a slow burn clown movie. This is more of like an old school werewolf movie than like an actual killer clown I, movie. I also got because you kind of talked about secret body horror. I got a lot of elements from the fly in this as well, Mm -hmm. especially concerning his transformation and and the moral conundrums later on between him and the wife and everybody. You know, how can you fix this person and you have the means? Do you do it regardless of what the means are? Right. Oh, Lord. And the means themselves are a meal and the meal consists of kid flesh, because as you mentioned, this is a monster that eats kids. And let's just say. Stephen King would love the hell out of this film. Oh, yeah, Stephen King would love the hell out of it, but it's not Whoa. gratuitous as you'd want well, to think. Well, no, it's not really. In fact, it took us several... Easily to the third act before we got some, some violence. And the thing was, I was totally invested in the story. Because it was a slow burn killer clown movie. It was, a tra- again, old school transformation. Yes. He was fighting it the whole way. Like we're eating sugary snacks and he wouldn't try to kill himself and his... His blood wound up being rainbow colored. The that whole sequence, and that is it's a dark sequence because he's he's taught I even got elements of District Nine. Just yeah. in terms of the transformation yeah. and reaching out to the wife and saying, This is not me. Help me. I yeah. don't know what to do. Oh, and again, the 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 feeling of just being so um helpless with that. And then of course, having then the dad saying listen you're you're He's a bad dude and you're and then trying to explain to your kid that your dad isn't dangerous it is something else and i even i think mentioned before this is akin to like alcoholism or addiction you know something that takes over someone mm-hmm. and makes them into something else so you can throw in your metaphor or analogy with this film under your killer clown movie meanwhile <laughs> he's trying to fight his transformation and he's like slowly turning into a clown he doesn't want his family to see so he goes and hides under bridges and shit fucking there's the origin of the hobo clown fucking buck flowers it's like a werebuck i'm gonna clown around do 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 hey kid you want to see a magic trick just going around like seducing kids to get us to, to eat them and shit now, do you think that they missed out instead of Tim Curry is it? It should have been Buck Flower is it? No, because kids wouldn't go to both. <laughs> some hobo-ass clown. Like, no, Tim Curry at least is some sort of fun and whimsy. You know? Yeah, your people are attracted to danger, and he's got just that right amount element of, like, danger, but yet, like, like charm. Buck Flowers is just danger in Molson. That's what Buck Flowers is. I was hey. going to say. He's, he doesn't have danger and charm. He's got danger and, like, fucking harm. Tim oh, Curry's kid. Pennywise is, smells of cotton candy and popcorn. Right, but, yeah. fucking Buck Flowers smells of like old crow and like pipe tobacco just like hey there kids well and it even gives you the first introduction of his now yearning 
of kid flesh, of eating kids and consuming kids. And how hard he was fighting it. How hard he's like, just yes, go away, is. go away. I don't want to I don't want to kill kids to the point where he's killing himself. Meanwhile, he's got that little precocious youngster. Mr. Clown Man, Mr. Clown Man, can I help you out? Are you hungry? Here's some cereal. Of course he's hungry. He's going to fuck you up. And here's what I'm saying. <laughs> Where's the parents? That's bad news bears. You're already at a seedy motel. Right. There's your sign. You're at a seedy motel with your kids. Now, I understand things happen. Cool. I understand maybe you're traveling. You don't know where you're at. Okay. I understand maybe sometimes situations might be harder. You're living there. Fine. Okay. But at the same time, if your kid is going, hey, I'm going to go sneak this to the clown next door that is hungry and bleedy. I would probably cause stop what I was doing and like make sure my kid would be okay. Well, it's the same kid that has access to all the keys. So the he's a latch key latch key motel kid. That's what happens, genius. Oh, I felt so bad. Maybe it was better off for him that he got torn up. He didn't even get torn up by the clown. The clown was just like you said. He may incidental, have some, right? He just the clown like used every bit of it. Like okay, well, cool. Waste not, want not, you well, know? And it gets to the point where Peter Stormare mentions in his Stormare position, or store position, what store? Stormare position, Stormare I position, like position uh, that the only way to kill the, the, the cloin is beheading, mm-hmm. decapitate it. And that whole sequence. That whole fucking sequence where he's trying to kill him. First, he drugs him up and, and then, like, kills him up. And then, then the, the car. Well, no, no, the saw sequence when he's oh, the, trying oh. to take his life again. Because that was, like pretty inventive way to figure yeah, out was. how to decapitate himself yeah it was and then that's when the little kid comes in and then that's when we get the waste not want not it was more this was more thought-provoking and more like serious than i expected it to be oh yeah with the whole premise like okay i put on a clown suit and i can't get it off and i'm turning into a clown that didn't want to eat kids on paper that sounds silly and it should be silly but the fact that it's played so straight and like a proper good scary movie Multiple moments in the film, and again, when we were going through here, we were just kind of amazed at how well everything was shot and the production value, everything from tip to bottom. It looked like a a big Hollywood movie. Well, Matthew Santo uh, was the DP on this film, and he actually went on to be like the second DP on the New York scenes and all the Spider-Man films, and that's when that first connection started hitting and i was like wait a minute right but no on. everyone involved brings their a game mm-hmm. and everyone is taking it seriously even peter stormare who is normally the crazy cosmic not you know in russia right. you know he's normally that guy the fuck killed him with the fucking pencil he is still that guy in this film but he's still leveling it down mm-hmm. he's not at 11 he's no. at about a seven and a half no he's he's playing in the the world of the that, the, the that exists. The yeah. yeah. And I really, I like that because I like listening. He can tell me, read me the phone book. I'm, right. I'm totally good as with that. As long as there's no wood chipper nearby, we're, we're straight. Or as long as he can have pancakes, we're fine, right? <laughs> right. Well, and that's when I realized the, the pancake connection. <laughs> yes. Pancakes. And he starts doing slow motion kung fu flips. I would watch that. I would watch Peter Stormare do slow motion pa- kung fu flips. Pancakes. Pancakes. And maybe there is something with Eli Roth about having little kids bite someone. Yeah. That we do find in here as well. Look at the little kids. The little kids that bite. The only thing they're biting is biting the bullet. That one kid, that oh. bully kid. We were like, there better be some bully comeuppance. And God damn it, there was some glorious bully comeuppance. Let's talk about that bully comeuppance because before we, <laughs> when we get into that bully's home, like when we that see. shit. When we <sighs> see his home. It's so great. Now, number one, he's talking smack on like some sort of gaming thing. Yeah, he's playing Halo. He's yeah. playing Halo over on online. Uh, he's talk. He's cursing this and that. But we get this lovely panning shot of some of the uh, home photos of this little bully, and oh my god, it's hilarious! It's as if like Olin Mills had like a bully session they were like what would we call it it's Olin um, mugs olin mugs <laughs> mean mug and mills and the mean mug and the kids doing in the photos <laughs> is hysterical like he's doing tough guy poses <sighs> and he's in like a sleeveless shirt in one of them so that's like the first bit of levity we got in a while and 
At that it point, hit hard. It hit hard. Well, you're also wanting him to he get his. Him. Yes, because he, because this poor kid is going through shit, oh. right? He, his he dad even, shows up to work cl- clowning around at the very beginning when that first initial thing was, and everyone was Dad's clowning a the dad, clown, right? Saying, "Yeah, take the thing off. What's wrong with Look, you?" I can't. Right? But then, and again, oh. a silly premise turns so fucking serious and i think that's what that's what's glorious about this movie it should be so because you know they did it on the simpsons simpsons did it when they put a wig on uh george bush and he's like about other than the hair they they totally could have been goofy sitcoms have done it like oh i can't get the clown nose off or uh sure but the way they play it so straight is is again and pull it off so well that when moments of levity, like the mean mug, the fact that he's going to defend himself with nunchucks. Oh, my God. So this is not within the last two weeks. I have now seen two kids wielding nunchucks <laughs> in my films from 1986. I watched River's Edge for the first time. Kid is wailing on some nunchucks. So when the nunchucks popped up in this. I was like, deja vu in the greatest of ways. And unless you're me, you shouldn't be laughing at a kid about to get it. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, you know the kid is about to fucking eat it. Nunchucks or not, this is a supernaturally strong clown demon. At le- Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. And at least the kid's going out cool. <laughs> but the reveal and your buildup going, man, there better be a good reveal with this. And, oh, is there? And... Again, the effects work from from the reveal, all the gore, the limited gore, but the gore that hits to the clown design itself. Again, Tony Gardner, mm-hmm. who is part of this podcast, yeah. from you know his contributions to Return of the Living Dead, to The Blob, to Chucky. He's he is he's one all of over. the exactly. He's a horror icon in the effects world, and the reveal of the bully of being halved, and the fact that we have little kid bones strewn throughout this film vomited out throughout oh, this film it is so nasty and gnarly oh but not so not as wonderful as the uh chuck e cheese carnage scene <gasps> my lord my lord <laughs> it's like it was like an all-you-can-eat buffet for this man but it's not the one I, it's the batman it's not the one i wanted because like honestly if i if i hear like it's my whole thing like with the police sieges like if I see like police station sieges, okay, and like maybe three cops die, like oh, okay, cool, but I want to see more. Yeah, Chuck E. Cheese, kid clown, er, kid eating clown massacre scene. Okay, I want to see at least about a dozen kids just eat it. Maybe like body parts, blood everywhere, parents crying, fucking cake. Uh, being body splunder. parts strewn on the animatronics. Mm, exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's what's going on in my mind. Oh. But I we didn't get it in here. But yet, but what we got was still grand. The, the amount of chaos and the amount of like the cool set piece that we get in this scene. It was proper scary. From it was the proper scary from the ball pit. Which, by the way, it's bad enough when the kids pee in the ball pit. Which is a they throw reference in it. I'm a, that's that's not cranberry sauce, or that's not pee in this case. To this kid. Climbing through these tunnels, and uh, you know, I think majority of our audience probably grew up with places like this where you could go and they were like these indoor jungle gyms mm-hmm. where you could almost get lost in them. And it Fuck, was just, they used to have them at McDonald's. Yeah, oh, very much so. So you know those things. The way this is shot, where you've got this this little this big brother looking for little brother Greg, 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 and I'm like, uh huh. Oh, no. And the lights are already flickering, and there's like bloody handprints. Spor- it's very, very minimal, but sporadic throughout the uh, the thing. And the way it's being shot, it's very much esque. You know, come out here to you know, was it come out here to Chuck E. Cheese? We'll have a pizza, have a few laughs. I mean, this kid is so John McClaning it all the way through there. And then he really finds out what a TV dinner feels like. <laughs> He gives his life for his little brother, Greg. Yeah, he sure does. He goes, get because he's like, hey, how's it going? Because there's a, first of all, there was the kid like, fuck you. The little kid like, uh, love little, it when kids curse. Of course. Love it when course. kids curse. Little lovable scamp. But then the next one, he's like, hey. But when he gets dragged, and he's like, oh, shit. Anytime you see a kid get dragged off screen like that, you know ill shit's about to go down. And then the throne, when he does finally sacrifice himself. It's. 
But the blood coming down from the slide, the slide. was great. And then everyone Such losing their shot. mind. Such it's, a good shot. Oh my god! Yeah, it's and it's a great set piece. Mm-hmm. And there's a shot where the mom and the dad are talking to each other about you know Kent saying you know I don't want to. You need to tell you know your kid that your dad is dangerous. And it's just a slow pan across. But then the way it's shot is in like the midst of this like. It's framed within the frame. It's just, it's beautiful. And that's about the time I started looking more into the film going, who, where, what have they done since oh, then? when the kid is hiding from the monster? Oh, no, no. Just it was the simple conversation between the mom and the dad. I mean, it was the quiet, forget about it moment that sticks out to me. But then that was those rare funny parts where he's like, um, where's your dad? He goes, he goes, hello, little boy. We're going to kill your father. When <laughs> Peter Stormare doesn't. He's not good with kids yet, genius. He's still got a ways to learn how to talk down to kids rather than talk to them. (laughs) Again, just that line just does very, very, very brief moments of levity. And again, there's very brief moments of gore, but when the gore happens, it hits very hard and very well. And then when we see the full uh, demon... Full demon's wonderful. Full demon is slick. The shots we get of the demon in the camcorder eye just while it's attached to the chair was freaky as all get out. Um, Even like the initial Boy Scout scene when you're like, well, I wouldn't be here because they're out camping. And of course, they're going to send out the fat kid. And (laughs) fortunately for that poor kid, he only lost a couple of fingers. Or are we, okay, were we to imply, because they said you need five to suffice the demon. Right. We realized there was the bully that was killed. Mm Mm-hmm. On the news report, I think they said there were two kids. There are two more kids. And in then... the, in the Chuck E. Cheese. Uh-huh. And he said he needed one more to appease it. So are we to assume that he took care of the, the Boy Scout then afterwards? Oh, I'm sure he did. Okay, okay. I'm trying to do my demon math the, here. Well, or somebody... No, no, no. There was the, the, there was the hotel kid. Oh, the hotel kid. Yeah, That's the hotel right. Kid. That's right. It was the hotel kid, the bully, the yep. two kids at the Chuck E. Cheese. So he needed one more kid. He needed his kid for number five. Mm-hmm. That That makes sense. That makes sense. And then we get the last set piece at the house, and it's just very much cat and mouse. But the way, spoiler alert, the decapitation is brought about, I thought was very creative. Me too. The way very it well done. It was very well set up. I know you've got a slew. What have we not touched on some of your observations there, genius? Because uh, I know bone, we had multiple moments. Let's see. The bone snap was oh, good. Casual bone snapping, by the way. Not knowing his own strength. Clown flowers was the bridge clown. Uh, <laughs> rainbow splatter. The, the 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 that suicide scene, attempted suicide scene. Dark. Yeah. And if it was if it was red blood, you'd be like, God damn, this would get an X rating for sure. That's just it. All you have to do is just alter it a bit there, genius, and then the MPAA are cool with but it. But the rainbow aspect of it made him a little bit more terrifying. It didn't bring levity. It added <laughs> they, more like terror. Like, this has gone all the way down through your blood. All of a sudden, they were like, yeah, this will be good for genius. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. man. Oh, the, I was glad that he kept his humanity. It did give me, like, not I'm scared, but I was worried for the kid when he goes, hey, it's me. It's your dad down here. Do you have any bolt cutters? Need to say fuck he... with us, man. You know, like, but fortunately, he didn't pull on a full on Pennywise. At least at that moment, he had some still some of his own humanity. Well, yeah, and he was still looking out for his kid till the very end, until the demon itself finally took over. And at that point, it was just inevitable. And then the moral decision that the wife had to do, where she was going to figure out like that she... whole like like crazy ball aspect and of they, it. Like and I'll they, take you home. Yeah. They realized that if she, if the demon even says, if you give me another one. You can have your husband back. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't even have to be your kid. Just a random just one. Just another kid. She went after someone. Yes, yeah, she did. Poor choice of, if I might say, just in terms of, come on, we're 2014, 2016 here. But when she, that, and the little girl just being, yo, you were so nice to me at the dentist office. Thank you for office. helping me. I couldn't find anybody else. We just had this killer clown eating kids, and now I, none of my parents are here to pick me up. Oh, my can God. Can you give me a ride home? I thought you were nice. And the next thing you do, like, okay, cool. There they are. Go outside. What? Click, click. Lock her out of the car. How terrifying would that and be? And you can see her doing the math in her head, like, well, you know what? No one may miss her. There was, There's already all this chaos here. I can get... And it does add that moral quandary of why, what would you do 
what, what is the greater good? What is the ethical way to go about this? I was not expecting those moral conundrums in an Eli Roth produced killer clown movie. He can surprise us. I was not expecting the like slow burn contemplative aspects, the werewolf ask transformation. He can surprise the, us. The tragic man. hero. It's, from a future Marvel MCU darling. Oh, my God. And that's the best part going, oh, yeah, this kind of makes sense in terms of how good it is and how mm-hmm. well thought out it, it was mm-hmm. and just how well, you know, the scope was. It just it was a nice surprise. And the fact that we did get animal violence, but he was already transformed into a clown dog. And thank but it wasn't necessarily a clown dog. It wasn't. A, and it wasn't a funny clown dog or anything. Mm-hmm. It was still very just much vicious, serious. Like, like, like the movie. Yeah, had to put it down like a, like a like almost. Uh, but I'm glad it wasn't like transferable by bites or it didn't go into the goofy territory. They played it just. They could have easily done that. Yeah, they played it just straight enough with just no, a they, moment, a couple of levity, just a few moments of levity where it makes sense and it's still a good scary movie and you do feel for the characters. Yeah, it's a, it's a character piece through and through. Like I said, you can take and look at it and apply addiction to it again, alcoholism, whatever nasty, you know thing that you want to apply to it you can or like you said it's just a just a killer clown movie that's why i think this is this is one i think that will carry on and i how many people are you think on a reverse engineer from hope, spider-man into, into I that hope they do i hope they do and i hope a lot of people realize that like okay like how come we kind of came over our biases of, or yes. are what we're thinking for of a scary killer clown movie that all of them can be different and this one was again the contemplative uh think piece killer clown movie with an awesome body horror and body melt at the end that melting was rad it was perfect it was perfect and this is this is why i'm glad we do the podcast because i can tell you right now probably would have never seen this film had you not put together a month of clowning shenanigans in fact technically all three of the films i'm watching this this month are all first time viewings so it's nice when you get a first-time viewing mm-hmm. that is just as good as this, and we can start vetting it out to other people. Yeah, yeah, that uh, was dope. Final thoughts, there, genius. No, I got it. I, 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 I'm glad it wasn't Buck Flowers clown. Again, yeah, dude, come on, kids, let's go to the ring top. Could have gone a number of different ways. Now that is to be said. Uh, we're going to be closing out our look into clowning shenanigans with. This is what it's going to be a first time for me. This when's the last time you watched? Do you remember? Back in the slaughter days. Okay. But I know that this one is brutal. Brutal? This is brutal. This okay. Is gonna, this is a violent mean movie. Okay. Well, we're going all over we're with going clown to movies. Texas. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Now, let's we got to be careful with the baggage we bring there for that. So, until mm. next week, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Do 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 do